I'm here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined. He's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. Ladies and gentlemen, raise your glass. It feels good to be on the winning side. I'm Adam Minahan here with David Niles. We do not have Jim. We do not have Juan. We're soloing it tonight. I guess we're not soloing it. You can't say soloing it with two people, but we are doing, we're without I think you can say Jim. it. I think you can say it. Okay. Uh, Which well, is I did. True. I did. You did say it. So nothing even happened when you said it. I mean, yeah. it seemed it seemed like everything was fine afterwards. So after you said it, good. Yeah, yeah. It's really too bad because, um, we're drinking a a, a Bowmore Bowmore fifteen year mm-hmm. Scotch this evening, and I just know that this would be crazy high on the yummy scale for Jim. Yes. It's crazy high on my yummy scale anyway. Well, I don't know, does he like smoky and peaty stuff? I he mean, doesn't like super smoky and peaty, but this is the beauty of the De- Balmore 15, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, cuz this is this is a smoky whiskey, but it's not it's not Lafroy. It's not like an Isla. Typical. Well, cuz it, it's like uh it's in uh, sherry casks. That's what I was right. trying to say. Like it was it's aged in sherry casks. Right. So, it's a uh, Balmore, Balmore 15 is uh, an exquisite sherry cask finish that develops rich uh, layers of rich peated smoke at a complexity of 15 years old. It I mean, says, things are just better when you age them in, in sherry. Uh, I mean, like, I age my own children in sherry, actually. How is that? <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just better that way. They're having a, a red tint coming? Everything is better. Yeah, okay. Aged in sherry. Okay. You, except, you know what's not all that good? Sherry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's like dark, dark chocolates, undried fruits, a uh, wisp of eyelid peat smoke, cedar, some coffee. The finish is warm, robust, mm. and complex mm. with just a hint of sherry tannin. It's delicious. I mean, there's just no way to no way we've, to yeah. We've to had it before. It. We're re- we're revisiting it this evening. Um, we just felt like it should be revisited. It's such a good one for for. Here's why. Here's why I like it. Not only does, is it very delicious and it's great for winter time because it gives this um, smoky s- sweetness combo, but also Balmors is so underrated. There's like, if you go to somebody's house and you're like, hey, let's get a bottle of of scotch, and uh, he pulls one out of the cabinet. Most of the time, it's it's always you know if it's a peated scotch, it's it's like Lafroy or Ardbeg or Lagavulin, you know, mm-hmm. which all great. Not complaining about yeah, any no, of those. No problems. Yeah. There. Um, but if you pour out, a, uh, if you pull out like a Balmore, they're like, wow, what is this? Like, I haven't had this before. And they, there's also one, uh, Balmore darkest is yeah. called, is what it's called. And it is just absolutely delicious as well. It's fantastic. So, so um, how much was this 15? Cause 15 years, that's, that's an aged. Yeah. I think it's about, it's probably I think it's, gotta be expensive. I think it's about 90, 95 bucks. Not that bad though. For a 15 for, for year 15 scotch. Year, yeah. It's under a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Really? That's pretty good. I was talking to the well, my kind of my my whiskey guy at, at the liquor store the other day, and he's and I, and I was asking him, I was like, man, the guy you have on retainer, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I was like, guys, you, you you're you're 
stock is low. Like your inventory is pretty low. What's going on? He goes, well, typically what happens is at the end of the year, everybody tries to hit their quota and they try to get rid of all of their inventory. And then January, you know, hits and they haven't re-upped yet for the because of the, their books and they're trying to unload inventory and you know an accounting it you know deal where they're trying to unload inventory keep up their costs you right. know cash flow th- issues that probably would yeah, be my guess because I have a checking and a savings. savings and the debits and credits yeah because the checking and the savings yeah um, and so he said like typically January is a tough month to to get anything and then he said but what what, what the problem is right now in in, in Scotland is they're waiting to ship full containers instead of like half containers and things like that, uh, which a lot of people do, like a lot of distilleries do, they ship half containers because the container's really, really big, right? He's talking about a lot of scotch. Yeah. Uh, and so they said like, no, they're waiting on it because uh, the cost of it, it traveling here is it's so, gone up it, so it's much. It's gone up so much. And yeah. then by the time it gets here, because the ports are all... all um, Thanks, Iran. Yeah, I, I don't know who who's who to thank for that, but um. Well, they're they're like pirating people in uh, different parts. Yeah, yeah. Well, the and the, and the ports are all backed up, and so like by the time it actually gets in and it gets right. through, yeah, it, it all builds on top and, of each other. And right now, they're like instead of they're like going around the south southern tip of Africa instead of. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's a huge deal. So anyway, he said like if ever the there's odds- a reason to go to war. <laughs> It's <laughs> it's not this, but it's, it's so that the the Scotch people can get their shipping better. <laughs> but he did say expect uh, whiskey prices to be going up uh, in in Great. March. Great, so just word of the white. Just trying to be charitable and spread the the news. So that buy I have. it now. So, Dave. Okay, so you have also um, pigs that came. We talked about this. Yes. Um, and how are they we have nineteen nineteen total. They've all. They all all made it. They're all doing great. Yeah. Okay. It's been fun. Uh, everybody knows that I have pigs. People that I have no idea who they are have been coming up to me saying, "Hey, I heard you got pigs. That's great." And so it's what like, happens when you talk on a yeah. On a so radio uh, show. we were at. I was at the um, the play. Oh yes. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. So here in the Tulsa area, there's a big. It's one of the. It's one of the annual events I really look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's the. Uh, by our buddy uh, and friend Ken Henderson, who's been on our show a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, and he does such a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, the set this year—have you been? Mm-mm. I didn't think so. You—you've been. You're feeling better now. You were sick, but now you seem better. That's good. Uh, so I was at this play, and there's you know a bunch of people there. <laughs> like I, have, several people came up to me. Almost everybody I saw said like, "Hey, how are the pigs?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like every somehow everybody's and there was one lady who I have no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. She came up to me. It's like, oh, I heard you guys have pigs. That's got to be so fun. The Catholic Man Show pulls a strong or pulling really strong in the yeah. old lady category. I know. So I, I mean, I, and I totally and I, and I thank them. I I'm love. Happy, I love them. Happy to have them as listeners. I think that they're very great. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you're right. Though uh, it has been. It's just been a tough. You've been down with the sickness. It's been it's been a tough like start to the year for the Minahans, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, all of you were sick. Yeah, is Haley is Lady Haley feeling better? Uh, she's feeling better, but she she was down basically like seven days, um, which is just brutal. Like and, of it with having a fever. Like we were all like having 104. I got fevers. a fever. Um, and and you know, it's terrible to have a fever, right? And be sick and be like, all you want to do is lay down and then have kids that sure. are like wanting to play and yeah. run around. It's even worse. And who like, they still like want to eat and stuff. It's even worse when you're you have to make super them... sick and they're super sick. Yeah, dude. And then it's even worse if you're super sick, they're super sick, your husband's, you know, the husband's super, everybody is sick. No one can do anything, but yeah. they all like, all the kids want to be on you, you know, or like, you know, be yeah. cuddling and things. And all you're thinking is like, I I really just want. Please don't touch me. Yeah, like an hour and a half to you need, just. You need to leave. Be by myself because I, I feel so bad. Anyway, it, it's been a, it's been a tough. Yeah, it's been a tough uh, couple ten days. Did you or offer so. up any of it for my sins? Not for yours. No, I specifically actually said not your sins. <laughs> no, 
Lord, whatever you do, don't you dare give any, no grace for Dave. He's a jerk. Ooh, that is a great t-shirt. No, no grace, grace for, for Dave. Dave. It, it could be also like a, that's a good band name. That is a good band name, yeah. But yeah, man, it's been so, so, so what happens, right, in the family life, whenever you get, when your families are sick, all of your routines get thrown out the window. Like all of, yeah. all of your routines get thrown out the window, and then... What happens when your routines are off is that you're disciplined, like you're not disciplined anymore because you're not expecting certain things. You're not like there's no order in your home because everything is off. And so you're not disciplined to keep that order because you're all sick. And so you kind of like <coughs> your, 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 your children just are off, you know, with either behavior or just like eating and just right. everything. Everything is just off. And so, man, it is, it's one of those, it's been one of those uh, weeks because you also want to be sympathetic because everybody's sick. You know, right. you, like you, not to be harsh. You want to be a loving father because I want our Heavenly Father to be a loving father to me, mm-hmm. you know, and a patient father to me. Yeah. But it's also like you're trying to get back into the routines and the grind and like, you know, establishing order again. And it just seems like, um, you're just really you're like you're 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 swimming upstream. You're fighting against ever. It just seems like you're just fighting against everything. And so, um, what I thought would be good today was we be talking about something that's really important in the family life. The uh, four-letter P word, not pray, but play. Gotcha. Um, so when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about family play and then we're going to get into a couple a, a topic that will probably come back around wonderful be right back do you feel like god is calling you to go on a pilgrimage well for the last 34 years select international tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world and you want when you go on pilgrimages dave you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels you're touring with the best guides and every detail has been addressed And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Without a Minahan, we're drinking the 15 year Balmore. It's just fantastic. This is me. This is in my top 10. Right here. We're talking about some family life stuff today. Playing, mm-hmm. the benefits of playing, the hazards, which are actually some of the benefits. <laughs> Yeah, so what? Uh, here, here's why I was thinking about this, and what, what kind of spurred on wanting to talk about this with you is is that wh- I don't know about you, but like when you're trying to establish order again, what ends up happening is that you're, just, you know, for those who who are just tuning in after the break, when you're sick and your your family's kind of been out, out out of sync, and you're trying to get back in sync. Um, some what ends up happening a lot of times is you become no fun dad. Yeah. Right. I am. I am. I can be no fun dad. Yeah, I can be no fun dad. And so it's more of like, you know, you're you kind of get you're more of the militaristic dad yeah. at the time. You're I turn you're into no fun dad if I see that Lady Pamela is stressed out. Like if yeah. the kids are wearing her out, that's when I turn into no fun dad. It's like I'm coming in and I'm shutting it down. Yeah. We're all everyone's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> no one's getting out of this alive. <laughs> um yeah, and so like one one of the things that I, I I always try to to bring back, okay, is like let's get family prayer back going. Let's you know let's make sure we're praying before and after meals. Let's, let's try to you know develop again our habits that we have in prayer because a lot of times when you're all sick, those habits you know those times don't don't happen. Right. And so <clears throat> one of the things that I, I I really feel and maybe have been just feeling guilty about as a dad recently is as I've been trying to put together this order again, what ends up happening is is that it becomes 
Dad goes to work. Dad comes, you know, dad comes home. We have dinner. We get things cleaned up. We do our homework. We get, we get ready for bed. We say our prayers and we go to bed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is the only, these are the things that we're doing. The and beatings we, will continue. Yeah. Until morale improves. Right. Right. You know, and so we're just like, it's this and then this and then this and then this. And then at the end of the night, you're like, okay, good. They're finally in bed. And you're like, oh. I didn't really even talk, like really have any meaningful time with the kids. Uh huh. And so some of the things that I was thinking about is like, while Although you can't discount the stuff that you did. So, you know, like, like, that is mean. It is meaningful. It is very meaningful. Like you yeah. know, obviously, keeping a routine prayer life is very, yeah. very important. You don't want to. You don't want to fall into the trap of thinking. And I think a lot of people do this. That the meaningful stuff in life is like, oh, when we can go do special things, like go go out to a restaurant, or you know, when we are doing like playing, or you know, it's like, and certainly those things are meaningful, but. The, also, it's important to keep in mind and remember, no, actually making you do your, your homework, that's a meaningful fatherly be- activity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, like, people who grew up without a dad, why is it that they're so worse off in life? It's because no one made them, it's stuff like this. Mm-hmm. No one made them do their homework. Mm-hmm. No one made them make their, be- you know, like, the stuff that dads come in and enforce, mm-hmm. they're in- incredibly meaningful, yeah, and I know that's not exactly. I know that not what what you were saying, but it is. Important. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I mean, what is that? Uh, Jacko Willink talks about like this all the time, right? Discipline equals freedom. Uh huh. Right. You know, if you, if you actually want to be free, like, free, like if you want to be able to choose, you know, yeah. the, the opportunities. Like, if you want to eat, if you want to snack less, stop. Just snack less. Right. You know, like if you want to stop, whatever, just stop it. Right. And so, like, while it is incredibly important as fathers to establish a prayer routine for our family to to make sure that we have that we're spiritual providers for our family it's also very important to, to have the opportunity to push them on a natural level right you know to to have fun with them on a natural level to play you know uh, yeah. grace builds upon nature and so it's important for us to be human you know and have real human uh time together mm-hmm. uh, and play you know have th- th- this leisurely time uh, developing their imaginations and, and, and pushing them to to uh, pass the points where they think they could be pushed, mm-hmm. you know, in, in realizing these things. So I, I just put together like these five benefits of, of roughhousing with your kids, which I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad of mostly sons, you know, I have four, four yeah, boys. Is, I think these things are especially important for boys. Yeah, uh, but I also think that they're they're very they, applica- they, applicable. They, they, for, they definitely for, apply to girls. Yeah, so I have, I have four boys and a girl. But, but ten times more, I think, for, for boys. boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was just thinking about, like, as, as a roughhousing, actually, with the kids and thinking about, like, what is the good in this and, like, what, you know, what, what benefits is this providing? Um, and so here... You want me to just run through all five of them, and then you want to talk about them, or however you want to take it, bro. I mean, yeah, we'll just try. So I, I think the first thing is like boundaries are established, right? So you have right. you have set rules, like these are the things in which because we, this is we're playing, right? Hey, this is what we're doing. We're not actually fighting, you know? right? So you're setting, you know, this is the beauty, of, uh, you know, some of the virtue of sport, right? Is is that you you you're, we play a game, but we're in confines of the rules of the game, and mm-hmm. so in order to win, you have to stay within the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to play the game the right way. So I mean, this is this is um, <coughs> this is one of the most basic things about playing. You know, so for your, for young children, you know, especially like under seven years old, playing is their job. It's, that's their work, mm-hmm. right? And it's, this is one of the things that that they learn is is about uh, the interpers- inter- interpersonal communication skills, about respecting other people's ideas, about how to um, you know, have get your way along with their way, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the rules. Because if you watch playing, you know, especially this is something girls you can really see a lot in girls. First thing is, okay, I'm so and so, and you're so and so, and this is where we, where right. we you know, and so like <laughs> they establish all like the rules mm-hmm. for what is going to happen and who does what, and then they carry on from there. And it's you don't think about it, or you you just until you really think about it. You don't realize all how many important things are happening within that, within like in the, just that within scope. that within playing and how important right. it is. And in the in the 
what what they learn, right? You know, this is yeah. the same thing. Like what you learn, you, you take these skills that's you know on to college of like learning. Here's what you do in college in the business world of like here's how you you stay within the ethics of business and here's how right. you don't and like it, it's basically just, like hey any every relationship that you have is if it's healthy it's because it was built on these on these building blocks that you established as a child right in playing okay i'm me you're you this is how we interact with each other right uh which strengthens the family child bonds you know this is the things uh-huh. that that the memories that are built the, the trust relationship within within dad and and, and child yeah of, of that we're, we're we are playing within the rules we're playing within the boundaries uh we're having fun together uh, i trust that yeah. you're not going to break the rules dad i trust that you know you're not going to try to hurt me too bad you know like that we're going to stay. i'm also i also try not to but sometimes yeah. <laughs> right one of my one of my favorite things as a dad especially like when i'm tired i will just lay down on the floor okay and there's something about doing that that, like, the kids see you. It's like, Dad's on the ground. Like, get him, <laughs> right? All of a sudden, basically, all your kids are on top of you. Mm-hmm. And there are sometimes I'm just like tired, and I know that they want to play. So like, I'll just lay down, and they'll they'll like Can jump roll on, on jump yeah, on you yeah. and roll on you. And, it's and then like, you can like put a leg and pin one down, and then another arm right, and pin and another yeah, one down, and, like, and you're just kind of like laying. Or there maybe and... like they'll be on you, and you're just kind of like shake a little bit and they all fall <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> right um, but that's it's kind of i just bring that up because i think that's there's like something about that that it does it strengthens the bond and just like there's just something about it because basically what, what you've done is you've come down to their level yeah okay and so there is something there's something spiritually significant about that about the father descending to the, it's, it's almost incarnational, right? That mm. Christ came down to become one of us. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, not, I don't want to oversell that. Um, sure, but but there is there's something to that. Uh, it's similar to um, I think it's important, and I have to remind myself this because I hate doing this. Uh, but like giving horsey rides, mm-hmm. it just hurts. Okay, like it, it hurts your knees to do it for more than like. 30 seconds, okay? Uh, but the fact that you as the dad, who are in charge, nobody mm-hmm. nobody doubts that, the kids certainly don't doubt it, would come down and essentially, like, be a servant now to them. And they, you know, like, you're, you're, they're steering you around, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a, something about that that is, I think, spiritually, mm. it's a spiritual analogy, I, I think, that, Kids don't realize what they're learning at the time, mm-hmm. but um, they need to know a dad like that. You know, I think we need to be those kinds of fathers because that's the kind of father that we have. Yeah, and so we need to try to model that for them, mm-hmm. and also they love it. So, yep. Another one is also, uh, uh, you know, physical development. I think this is very important. To, like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself. You're, you're you're doing things with vigor and like you you know as hard as you can and you know just develops the person but the last two i think are are actually possibly the two most important in my opinion and and in the first and one of them is emotional intelligence it develops their emotional intelligence because inevitably what's going to happen at least in the minahan house is is uh someone starts getting beat too bad or they get they kind of get a little bit hurt and their passion of anger or embarrassment or something flares up. Yeah. And they want to act upon that passion. They want to uh, rage. They want to, you know, they want to do, they want to try. To become Achilles. Yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Um, and it teaches them that you can't do that. No, we have to still play within the rules. Yeah. And then the last one is risk-taking and resilience. I right. really like that one. I th- look, I, we should save that one for when we come back because I think there's a lot to say there. So I think, yeah. So most, so boundaries, uh, strength of bonds, physical development, emotional intelligence, and then the last one's risk taking and resilience, which we can talk about on the other side of the break. Uh, playing with your kids and the benefits of roughhousing. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Um. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. So having a little bit of Balmore 15, talking about the benefits of rough housing with your kids. We're drinking this Balmore 15, though, uh, in the Catholic Man Show going Karen glasses. If you go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show, become a patron, $10 or more a month, we are going to send you a Catholic Man Show whiskey glass for free as a thank you gift. Laser etched. Laser etched. With lasers. With lasers. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out and thank you to all of our new patrons the last uh, month or so. We've had a, an increase in patron, patrons on Patreon. Thank you, guys. So we're very, very grateful. You know what? We really, uh, it's like, yes. Our patrons, we wouldn't be able to do the show without our patrons. Uh, yeah. I mean, all, all this stuff around is because of them. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to somebody. I have no idea what his, who his name is. It's so t- tough to give a shout out to But somebody. I'm giving a shout out to this, to this gentleman. Uh, I was on a daddy-daughter date this evening with my oldest, Elizabeth, and um, we were at Society Burger. Oh, yes. Delicious place to get mm-hmm. a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Um, and on his way out, he came over, gave me $20. <laughs> True story. <laughs> he said, hey, I just saw you guys here. Uh, I have a daughter, and it just like really made my heart happy to see you guys here so i want you go you so guys here, you guys my money here's 20 here's i want I'm, i want to buy dessert here you go go get a milkshake on me uh just that's awesome and it was it was so, very generous to the guy it was it's, it was a very pro-family thing to do yeah yeah, um, yeah. i i didn't get a milkshake because <laughs> it's exodus 90 <laughs> but i can tell you i was close <laughs> You should have done it. I mean, I... It's with your daughter. She had a milkshake. Oh, oh, okay. Good. You went to get one. Well... Your daughter. Your, your yes. Daughter. Okay, good. I just didn't get one. Okay, gotcha. But I was sitting there thinking like, well, gosh, like to really honor this this man's <laughs> generosity, I should get one. We should get one together. Mm-hmm. The thing is, kids do not care if you have a milkshake, okay? <laughs> they just don't. I know that you think like, oh, we are going to go get milkshakes together. They just want a milkshake. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> They could. They don't. They don't give a flip if you have a milkshake. All right. Yeah. Let's let's just be honest. They don't at all. They don't. And so, like, if you're trying to sit, like, convince yourself during Exodus ninety that you you have to have a milkshake, otherwise they won't really enjoy theirs. Yeah. You're a fool. Yeah. So anyway, shout out to that guy. Thanks for the twenty bucks. Uh, the thing is, I had already bought her a milkshake when he gave me the money. So you recouped your cost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plus some. Yeah. It didn't, it's yeah. not that expensive of a milkshake. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, so, so we were talking about, on the other, before the break, we were talking about the five benefits of rough housing with your kids. Just some just some things to think about, like why the importance. So of- once again, they are boundaries being established, strengthening the bonds, physical development, emotional intelligence, and risk-taking and resilience. I uh, noticed you didn't put number six on here. Which is obviously establishing uh, dominance. Dominance. Yes. <laughs> How did I know that's what you're going to say? Because obviously, when you play with your kids, it becomes very apparent. Like, <laughs> well, yep, dad is way he's way stronger than us. I'm just like you know, this is just I. I, I was just thinking about this. So. I like to do feats of strength yeah. where I like pick the girls up with one hand. You yeah, know, nice. yeah. and it's like all right, now you try. Yeah. Oh, you can't even do it. <laughs> Um, it's because dad is the king around here. But but it does. Uh, risk-taking and resilience. Uh, you had something you wanted to talk about before that. Because, like, it does. Like, as, as you're roughhousing with their kids, the kids have to, to to be able to understand, like, do is this the time to attack yeah. or not? Or like, is it, totally. Like, so, and once again, this is where I think, especially with boys, this is so, so, so important. Do not send me emails. Okay, I do not care about the emails that you're going to send me. I know girls need to learn risk-taking, too. Okay? and resilience. I have four of them, okay? But it's just more important for boys to learn this. Mm. There is something about boys that, you know, God made us to be risk takers. Um, You cannot, you are never going to go to war if you haven't learned to take risks, okay? So you're never, you're never going to be able to defend your country, to defend your family, right? If you're not willing to take a risk, um, especially a physical risk, right? Where it's like, oh, I might, I might get beat up, or I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think this is probably actually, you know, now that I think about it even more is is more of like developing uh, the virtue of prudence. Sure. Yeah. You know, like when, like when is the right time? Like, when, when should I do this, or when should I not? Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Um, but, but you know, like this is why. Um, 
like the the reason why boys car insurance costs more is because they tend to be risk takers. Okay, more, yeah. and when you're when you're when you're doing risk risky business behind mm-hmm. the wheel of a car, well, sometimes you know you crash. Yeah. So right. Um, it's just important to to know to learn these. the The earlier I think you can learn. Mm-hmm these things about, hey, oh, I took a risk, it paid off. I took a risk, it didn't pay off, right? Mm-hmm. The more experience you can get under your belt, the early, the earlier, the the better you're going to be by far. And if you just think about success in life, uh, how many successes are you have you ever had that didn't involve a risk? Right. Okay. Yeah. There were maybe you received some gifts from some people. Okay, there was no risk. Someone just gave you something. Like let's say someone just gave you twenty dollars at a mm-hmm. restaurant. Okay, that's not a success though. That's just someone giving you twenty dollars. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Great success. Okay, so if you look at the successful people in the world, right? Okay, and you know we don't need to just focus on secular success, but um, we we do want our children to grow up to be successful. Right, um, in life. So, learning the the payoff of taking a risk and the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can learn the right risks to take, mm-hmm. and that's obviously a lifelong journey. Something that you know you never really get it a hundred percent right, but that's that's right. okay. The the more calculated you can be with your risks, risk management is something I do for a living mm-hmm. um, with investments. And it's, you just don't, most people ha- really don't understand how important managing your, managing risk is in life. Mm-hmm. And it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you can work so hard for something and like, and build something over your entire life. And then it, just like you said, it could just be gone. Yeah. You know? Um, and so this is so important and also I think that's why it's okay to like let kids like give them wooden swords. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not going to die. All right? Ma- like worst case maybe broken finger or something. There's uh, a lot more worst cases than that. <laughs> You're right. But I just mean like realistically, yeah. you know. But it's okay, I think, as long as as long as they know number 1 about the boundaries being established. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um then it's okay to do some of these other things, especially with boys, where, okay, yeah, yeah, you likely is, likelihood is you will get hurt. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Because you'll be You're, fine. And you got to be resilient, which is something. Resilience, right, yeah. exactly. And I think that that is really important. That's so, the important part of risk taking. So you, you like the list? I do. Nice. I would also have added establishing dominance, dominance yeah. but, you know. Because yeah. obviously, like, you know, when you sword fight your brother, maybe you win, maybe you don't. When you sword fight dad, you lose, okay? Right. You just always lose to dad. I don't, I do not let the kids win. Right. No, me either. No. I mean. No. No. Because, because I'm, I'm the dad. Right. Dad's, so, dad's so I, win. Uh, you know, I, I do think that the, there, there's obviously benefits of roughhousing with your kids. It can be taken to the extreme, but I don't think that that extreme has, is, like where we're at as a society that we take, we're taking that too far that way of the pendulum, you know, yeah. pendulum. Um, so anyway, so like I want to talk about that and then I wanted to talk about um, kind of like either, like how we get discouraged, like either either for in fatherhood, in the spiritual life, just, you know, in whatever, uh, you know, work that you're doing. Um, I was reading, I reread The Intellectual Life I started to lounge at uh, Clear Creek when we went to our uh, our, our retreat, uh-huh. which is a book that I just think I will try to read every year if I can. Um, it just every year I've read it. I've, I think I've read it through it three times now, and every time I'm just like, man, this is this is just what I should be. It's doing. not very big. I mean, no. it's it's not it's not but a it, pamphlet. It's a book, but it's not like a it, super long book. He mentioned, yeah, and he mentions like three things, and he mentions them. Mentions them you know, if he were smarter, maybe he could have written a longer book. I don't know. <laughs> He's pretty smart. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, and he mentions them in passing, and and I I didn't even catch the the first two times that I read through the book, um, and and this last time it really it really caught me. And then it, 
uh, just this week as you know we're, we've been trying to get back into the routines and like um the, there's a sense of like you know when you're down like discouragement kind of sets in you know the devil can use like things of the natural world that are happening to you in your life and your family you know to to kind of uh creep in and to sow seeds of doubt or or discouragement or or just being kind of not depressed but just down a little bit right um looking things from a negative view and and so he talks about Sertie Lunch talks about this um about like how, like how do we get discouraged and so i was thinking and he's more thinking from a from a spiritual aspect right you know how do, how do we get discouraged from this from a spiritual aspect and we decided like obviously sin which what is sin missing the mark you know there's um uh, Joseph Pieper has a beautiful book on it's called the concept of sin and it's like what is it it's basically it's a void right it's it's a lack of it's a depravity of good mm-hmm. um it's missing the mark in fact Joseph Pieper talks about how uh, he he quotes Homer in it, talking about one of the first times that the word is used in Greek, is is when one of the soldiers throws their spear and misses the sh- misses the the mark. Mm-hmm. It's just like well, like so, how do we get discouraged? Like how do how do we like not see the the light? How do we not you know go with the way, the truth, and the life? Who's Jesus? Like he's already told us, like this is the way. I'm the truth. I'm I'm the light. Like, just follow me. Yeah. You know, it's like, if he's already given us the, the formula, how do we get discouraged and, 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 and miss it? So I want to talk about those three things when we get out. Very good. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show with David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we're talking about family life. We've talked a little bit about feeding up your kids. That's not what it was. No. With a pillow. That would be okay. Yeah. Rough housing with the kids. Rough okay. housing. Yeah. Yeah. Words. Yeah. Distinctions. Right. Um, and now we're talking about being discouraged. Like how it happens. How it happens. Yeah. How, how, like how. Like yeah. Because well, you know, I think yes. You were making the point about Jesus has showed us the way. What's the problem? The thing is, uh, you know, we are experiential creatures, and um, we often base our assessment, our personal assessment on things, on results, and they just are going to go through periods of time where you just don't seem to be getting the results you expect or want. And so I think discouragement is a natural thing. It's, it, it should be expected, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's unreasonable to think that you are not going to be discouraged mm. at different parts of your life, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, that's, that's uh, just not a reasonable expectation. Right. In fact, that's the kind of expectation that will get you discouraged. Sure. Thinking that you won't be discouraged. So, because we tend to base our assessment or, you know, our feelings about things based on results, how things are going, well, sometimes things just don't go your way. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to get discouraged. I, I mean, I think that's... Yes. And there's there's so many things, I like, I, I want to encourage you to, to pay attention to, the, like, these th- three things and how, how closely the, these are related to uh, near occasions of sin. How how quickly near like the near occasion of sin mm. can set in with these things. Can okay. I tell you something before we get going? Sure. I love near occasions of sin. I say that I don't actually love them, but when they come, have you ever had this like just like just want to be tempted? Just I like bit? yeah, just I kind of enjoy, I'm I'm not gonna do it, but I just kind of enjoy being tempted. You know, yeah. it's like oh. yeah, and in knowing like yeah, it's a darkened intellect. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what you call. <laughs> It's called utter depravity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I do know what you're saying. That is just... And then later on, like, God, I feel so bad about it. But I I, I actually don't love the narrow occasions of sin. Okay. But I... I, I understand. I have, it, I have enjoyed them. <laughs> yes. So, like, one of the things he says about, like, how we can get discouraged is that our vision of the goal grows dim. So, like, what our what we set out to do... Like what the what the end is, uh-huh. 
Like it grows dim. Like we can't see it anymore. Right. Yeah, and that's so, interesting. and so it's like, Oh, well that's very, I mean, how many times in business have I like in, in my personal life when, as I, I've, I've been going through like in my business uh, profession, thinking about, um, how many, how much work that I've done to this thing. And then realize like all this work that I just did has nothing to do with the goal that we were trying to actually accomplish. Like it was just like work that we were trying, like it was just work, but it wasn't the means in which to get to the goal. Right. Um, and so a lot of times when that happens, when it gets convoluted, when, it, when things get uh, distractions happen and, and like uh, other work gets in, interwoven into your daily life that actually isn't part of like what your goal is for that day, that goal gets dimmer. Like mm-hmm. you, you, it becomes less top of mind. Um, it's no longer as clear as what it was. It it just it, it it just like it's not visibly in front of you. Yeah, this is why I think it's so important to write stuff down. And I I think this is something important. And I I actually rarely do it. When I do, when I actually do do mm-hmm. it, it's amazing how effective and helpful it is. And I always say to myself. I should do this more often. I should write everything down. But having those... I'll write that thing down tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I just, I'm not going to write it down right now. Yeah. But I think I'll remember it. I'll probably remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to write that down because right. it's obviously so important. Right. I won't forget. Right. But having um, like, whether it's, hey, here's the three things I really need to get done today mm-hmm. and writing them down. Um, it's amazing how effective that is and how quick you can do it because it helps keep the goal in front of you, you. like right in front of your eyes, especially like, you know, I'm a man, I'm a very visual person. And so having a visual is very helpful, Um, whether it's your goals for today or whether it's like goal for the year or uh, like if it's a New Year's resolution, you know, whatever it is, just having it to where you're going to see it. um, I do think that sometimes those kinds of, if you have too many of these things, they do kind of become stale, right? It's, it's sort of like the adverti- marketing effect, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have to, you know, you can become blind to it, yeah. you know? Um, but if you're writing down the stuff, the thing is, the stuff you write down, you should be able to cross it off. Mm-hmm. Right, that's because correct. It's yeah. not just a poster. It, right. If it's just a poster, then its effectiveness will, will wane very quickly, I think. But if it's, if it's a, a working list... Or a goal, right? The mm-hmm. word's like, yes, c- accomplished. Crossing stuff off a list, dude. Feels good. Oh, man, it feels good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just think it's it's just very, very important. And I think it also helps with being discouraged. Because it's yeah, like, yeah, it refocuses you. Right. And you see accomplishment. Accomplishment, you know, uh, is kind of a remedy of, of discouragement, right? Yeah. When you feel like, you, okay, I'm a, like I've, I've done something here. It helps with this discouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, our vision of of our goal grows dim. The other one is, the second one is, the fruit of effort is too distant, or it seems too bitter. And how often is this with our spiritual life, right? That, oh, I want to get holy, just not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, like, oh, Lord, make me chaste, just not yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want, oh, yeah, Lord, I want to be virtuous. I want, you know, I want to have a, a solid prayer life. But like, I just prayed for like 45 minutes straight and I don't like didn't even yeah. hear what you well, had. It's like, like the thing is I want to be this like man of virtue while I sit on the couch and drink beer all day. Right. Okay. Can't, can't why we be can't, both? Yeah. Right. Can I not be both? Right. Okay. Um, but this is the, you know, it, it seems like that the work that you have to do is too hard or it's not, the work is not worth it in and of itself for the end. Yeah. Delayed gratification is another thing that it is so important to teach your, your children mm-hmm. um, about. You know, and there's fun ways. There's there's a lot of fun ways to teach your kids delayed gratification, but um, at some point you have to have them do something difficult where they persevere and achieve something, and then finally there's this this big payoff. That's but the payoff should be the achievement. Well, like that, it probably is. Yeah, it, but, sh- it should be. But in the beginning, it depends on how old your kids are. A reward might, yeah, might yeah. Be I, a, a I, good, I'm talking about like more like but you know, as, type of thing. 
Yeah, but as they get older, yeah, the I mean, like virtue is its own reward. Right. Um and so the achievement and just the the gratification that comes from having done something well. Right. Should should be the reward. And but, really this is just near side. But I I was talking about though like teaching your young children okay. delayed yeah. gratification. Uh because it's it's um sort of an irrational concept. Right that well no, I want to be rewarded now. Mm-hmm. Right. The the idea of putting in work for something I'm not going to be rewarded for because the children's a child's vision is so near. It's it's it's, it's very near. Mm-hmm. The very nearsighted. Same. Um, and so yeah, I know I'm the same way. And I think about this for my spiritual in my spiritual life too. That um, I don't think that I at some level I'm just not convinced that the rewards of heaven are worth it. Because I find myself. Okay, well, hold on. You're, you're, am I you're, jumping? Yeah, the gun? you're jumping the gun there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let, let's pause. Let, let, well, pause. it's. I mean, I do think that. It, it's that's very part true. Of it. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very. It's very true. But this is the, this is the thing with the instant gratification culture and things like that that you want you want to see like Lord I I have for the last month I I've prayed every single day I haven't like I I haven't seen the fruits yet yeah I'm not even you know? levitating. Right, and like St. Monica's over here, like, I've been praying for 30 years for my for my son to convert, you know, and, yeah. and he finally did. But this can be discouraging, right, when you don't see this this fruit immediately, or or the fruit you think is not as good as what you, you expected. Mm-hmm. But this is not what the Lord says, right? He said, the Lord doesn't, doesn't tell us that he's like, oh, I'm only going to give you, like, if you give me a little bit, I'll give you a little bit. That's not what he says. Right. You know, that, that he... he uh, we have a, a, a generous Lord, a loving Lord that's going to give us, you know, 10, 20, thousands, hundreds, infinity like times of yeah. what we give him. In fact, it's the only time he says in the Bible to put him to the test. Yeah. He says, when he's talking about tithing and like uh, giving generously, he says, test me mm-hmm. and see that I don't reward you tenfold, right? Right. And this is kind of the end. This is the last one that you were talking about, and you kind of hinted at already. Like so the first one was vision that the, the the goal you don't have the four you don't have the the vision in front of you. The goal is kind of dimmed, and you don't really remember what 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 your goal is, what the end of man is, or like what the right. end of uh, of of what you're trying to achieve. The second one is the fruit. Your fruit doesn't seem like it's actually happening, or that it's that it has happened, but it's not as good as what you thought it was. And then the last one is like you have this vague sense of. You've been duped. This is the lack of trust. Mm-hmm. That like maybe this Lord who's told me that uh, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has ready for those who love Him. Maybe maybe this is all a ruse. Like maybe maybe like all this work that I'm putting in is all for naught. Yeah. Which I'm sure I think everybody has had those that thought occur to them. Yeah. Right? Like what if I'm just wrong and. And like, all this work. What that if there I've, is no God? What if like and like all this work that I and like this my life that I've dedicated like to like I've thought about this for for a lot of the monks you know and, and the religious like who have done this like at the end of their lives you know how much the devil is probably like tempting them to think this way. Right? Sure. Oh, I'm sure that that is one of their big temptations. Yeah. Because they've given up a normal life. Yeah. So we're out of time on Catholic Radio. Shout out to Red Sea Radio, our friends in uh, Texas who have like a whole Catholic radio station that's geared towards sports and virtue as well. Go check them out, Red Sea Radio. Uh, we're on the we're out of time on Catholic Radio, but check us out on a podcast. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Yeah, so I, I still think that like what I was saying is more of about like number two, because I don't really feel like I've been duped. You know, what I was well, yeah. What you, I was saying, you were saying that, like actually, like oh, this isn't as good as what I, what I thought it was going. No, to be. it's it's that I don't think I actually intellectually, I believe. Okay, I, like the the I the I intellectually I believe in heaven and like, but throughout my day, there's there's like part of me that is just I realize not fully convinced because I continue to do things that are contrary to this intellectual. To, to the belief that I hold with my mind. Mm-hmm. My body doesn't believe it. Uh, I don't believe it on cert- some level, right? Because I don't dedicate myself to penance. I don't... De- all of these things that would be, like, increasing my reward in heaven, right? I find myself doing the opposite of those things very, very often. 
And it's because of, you know, I'm a sinner. I've got a struggle with concupiscence. I, I got problems. I got problems, okay? I got problems. <laughs> um, and and so just when I think about it, it's like, yeah, I, I guess at, I'm just easily uh, convinced in the moment that the reality of heaven isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even though I know it is. I, you know what you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that I need to continue to learn the benefits, the glories of delayed gratification, because heaven is the ultimate delayed gratification, right? I mean, there, that's that's the, that's it, right? And that oh yes, someday in heaven, the suffering I endure now will merit me a thousandfold or whatever, right? Right. right. Um, and I and it'll be it will be my glory to have. You know, and everyone will be able to see, like, oh, there goes Dave and his, like, like who bore the life of glorious suffering. You know, I say that. Wow. I was like, wow. There goes fill in the blank. There goes that guy who was such a. He didn't even have a milkshake with dinner tonight. Yeah, exactly, bro. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get there and St. Peter's going to be like, here's 12 milkshakes. Yeah. This is just for that one. All right. (laughs) But. I'm going to have to take four of them back <laughs> because of the other stuff. You know what I'm talking about. And I'd be like, that's still very... It's a bit, I'm, I'm very, up you know ahead. What? I still feel it's very generous yeah. of you, St. Peter. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this is the sense of, you know, this is a lack of trust. Like, do we do we truly believe that the Lord, ha- like, desires our best interest or do we not? Do, do, do we really believe that he's given us everything that's needed for... Uh, salvation in the sacraments and in his church, or or, or do we not? Mm-hmm. Um, and if we do, then we should take the sacramental life of the utmost importance. And uh, if we don't, then then you know, kind of like what Flannery O'Connor says, like oh, if, if the Eucharist is just a symbol, the hell with it. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I I think that it's good to think about this, like. From just the ask, from 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 the angle of, if you if you understand what's happening, then you're able to assess this, your situation in life better, and then you're mm-hmm. able to, like, either redirect or or feel like, oh nope, this is what's happening, and this is just part of you know human nature, and like, I'm, it's okay, and we can move on. But you like if you don't know, if you don't think about it, and you you don't stop and, and think about like, okay, what why am I actually discouraged right now? Like what like. Because a lot of times I think I'm discouraged for the wrong reason, mm-hmm. right? You know, so I'm discouraged because it's I, I didn't get my way. Yeah, that's that that's why I'm discouraged, or that it's hard. It's mm-hmm. like, well, well, I'm I, I didn't want it to be hard. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A book I I really recommend for this kind of thing is The Discernment of Spirits. Yeah, is it Timothy uh, uh, Gately? Or no, Gallagher. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, excellent book. Um, you know, he he, and it's all about Saint Ignatius and his mm-hmm. his like way of discerning things. Um, you know, and of course, that in the book he talks more about um, you know going through dry. Some, someday we should talk about we should talk about this like on a, a separate podcast. Maybe not even a separate. Maybe not on a podcast, but like you and I would like just like on the back porch. Yeah. Okay. Like remind me about this. Okay. You know, but he talks about going through dry periods of in prayer, um, desolation, consolation. But it's it's very similar, right? Mm-hmm. D- just being discouraged is a form of, of desolation. Yeah. And what he says is, we need to, you need to become yourself reflecting upon yourself. And I have found this to be incredibly helpful, mm. to where it's like, all right, you, and you have to have this, you have to have the awareness to say like, hey, you know what? I'm discouraged. You have to be able to first of all just stop and recognize it. Say, right. I'm, I'm uh, going through desolation. I'm discouraged. I'm a little I'm, beaten down right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm yes. And then, almost like pull yourself out, and then like look at your, you know, like look down at your, look at yourself, and then analyze the analyze the situation unemotionally, mm-hmm. right? Just simply reflect on it and. Usually when I do that, I can immediately identify mm-hmm. the cause of what's mm-hmm. going on. And now, because I've identified the cause, I can you know, either like change direction or 
Right. I can do something to fix it. Yeah, you have a, you have a remedy. You can come up with a remedy. And sometimes the remedy is I just need to endure it. But I still now because I have recognized the problem and it's like, "Nope, okay, yep, this is just the way it is." You know, if if you're walking home and it's raining, mm-hmm. you're just going to have to walk in the rain. Mhm. But it's okay because you st- this still makes you feel better about it. It's like okay because it's just until I get home and then like I'm gonna I'm gonna change clothes and everything will be fine and mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you do recognize that I just need to endure something. Yeah. Um, but having that recognition that this is not going to last forever, and that it will be over at a foreseeable time or or whatever, um, it it's still makes the desolation or the discouragement um it's it's not hopeless anymore because mm. you might still be discouraged but you can have hope still even though sure. you might be oh, discouraged yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and one of the ways you know to to fall to, to get out of this discouragement this is kind of uh, a way we can wrap up it, it, he talks about sardi lunch talks about this like uh, that the need for for the support of others, the need of community, that we're made for communion. Right. We're made to have communi- community around us. And, and their example and and the uh, exchange of ideas to fight against all the, you know, the maybe the moodiness that you have or, or you know, the, the perceptions that you have. There's been so many times, Dave, like there's been times uh, like where I've, I've been upset and feel like this guy has just wronged me, you know, and I and I, I'll talk to you about it and be like, bro, can you believe he even did this to me? And and you've come back and be like, well, actually, the reason why he did that was probably this, this, and this, and I was so blind because I felt like there was an injustice done to me that I couldn't actually see. Like, well, actually, maybe this isn't really what happened. This yeah. wasn't what reality really was. It was just what I perceived um, that the injustice was being done to me. And so this is the importance of, of friendship, right? The importance of, of, yeah. of, of having other people. That Which you, that happens to everybody. You, you can, know, you're like soul. driving. Yeah. One time, this is like not that long ago, I was trying to get out, pull out of a neighborhood. And it was just an unusual string of cars. It's like coming from the left. Oh, and when the left, there's finally a break. It's like, oh, there's a unusual there's the from right. the right. And it like went on for like two minutes, which is does, not very long. But if when you're, you're sitting there, you're sitting there I, and I remember like getting upset about this, like, this is unjust. <laughs> like, how, how, how dare this happen to me? Like, you know, like it was just, yeah. it was totally ridiculous. Right. But it was, it was just like, what? I I don't deserve this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is the importance of. Uh, you have to have friends to put you in your place. Hey, hey, Dave, you know what? Just it's okay. You're it's, an idiot. Yeah, you know what? It's gonna be fine. Yeah, uh, and so this is kind of like what Saint Augustine talks about when he talks about the importance of friendship and, and the need for friends. He talks about actually about the the flow of sympathy. And this is something that I had a conversation with. Uh, Dr. Chad Pecknold on. If you go back and, and look up the Catholic Man Show and Chad Pecknold, I had a, a, a beautiful conversation with, with him on this idea uh, that St. Augustine puts forth on the flow of sympathy. But, you know, hmm. St. Augustine is, is in the yard when he's a young kid. He's in, 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 the, in the pear orchard and, you know, he still does his pear and he, he reflects on it. You know, he still does his pear, not because he's hungry, not because he needs it, not because anything other than the, for the sake of this, of stealing it. And because why? Because his friends were doing it. Mm-hmm. And so he's sitting there, he's reflecting. He's like, well, this, it was, it was this flow of sympathy. Like I, I wanted to, to sympathize with these people. I wanted, I wanted to be a part and I wanted them to be a part with me. Mm-hmm. I, I desired this communion with these people. And so I wanted to do what they were doing. And so, like, then he then he talks about like you know the, when he was a, 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 um, a dontist, you know, or, or manichaeist. He was a manichaeist. Manichaeist, yeah. I'm sorry, not dontist. Uh, a manichaeist, and he, he, you know this desire of like wanting this intellectual life, and like I want like uh, like I'm doing this because you know I I think you're really smart, and I'm you know and I want to be really smart, and like. This idea of like I want to do this together and in this flow, he calls it the flow of sympathy. Like because as 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 humans, we're like we're made for, to 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 be apart and desire. Like I want to be loved and I want to love. 
um, and I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about this flow of sympathy of uh, a, a friendship with one another and like what the friends that you, and people you surround yourself with like have a, an ultimate effect on how how you act and behave and your your hmm. character. And then obviously like, you know, whenever he's with um, St. Ambrose, and, you know, like yeah. when he started... To pick good friends. Yeah, when he started realizing like having virtuous friends around him, like this, this flow of sympathy also, it, it affects both in a negative way and in a positive way. Um, so anyway, I, I just think that it's, imp- obviously it's important to have friends, but like th- we should really think about you know, this idea of like, well, why do we do things together? Like what, what, like we're in communion with one another. Like what, what, what are we doing together? Mm, yeah. Um, and is it building us up or is it not? Um, so anyway, I mean, ironically or unironically, some of the, the benefits of rough housing with your kids, like some of the, the, the lessons that you can actually learn from that, uh, also fall into like lessons that we can learn yeah. as we get, you know, discouraged. And, uh, what's kind of funny is if your kids are discouraged, if you can tell like, hey, they're feeling discouraged, if you roughhouse with them, it tends to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, so there is a connection. Yeah. So anyway, I, I like I just thought it would be good to, to talk through that. Very good. Very good. Are you feeling discouraged, Adam? No, I I, I was earlier uh, this week. I mean, this week. The, the whiskey helps, huh? The whiskey has a lot. <laughs> it does. Um, I'll tell you. Um, I mean, obviously, when we when we have re- when we do our shows, right, is like a lot of things have to do with like, well, what are we dealing with right now in our yeah. lives? Yeah, right? totally. And so, if you actually go back and you look through like the the titles of our shows, you can actually probably tell like, yeah. oh, this... what kind of phase we were going through, right? Um, so that is one hundred percent true. Um, anyway, uh, appreciate the patrons. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.